Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. OHL Hockey is back. This is the Farwell and Pope Podcast. Originating from the 570 News Studio in Kitchener. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Chris Pope. Hey, Mike, what are you doing Sunday? Uh, oh, you know what I'm doing Sunday? <laughs> I'll tell you exactly what I'm yeah. doing Sunday. It's the Sun Life Financial Skate with the Rangers. Oh, is it? It is. You know what I'm going to do? Nothing. See, day 28 of the month, our first day off. I am doing nothing, and I can't wait. This is what makes you far smarter than I am, because I was doing the same math after back to back to back, back to back to backs, mm-hmm. and I thought, good gravy, when, when is a day off? And then the 28th of October comes along, and I get a little email saying, hey, it's the Sun Life Financial Skate with the Rangers, family skate with the Rangers. We need an MC. An MC? I know. It's, they're skating. Dude. Don't ask me. Although I think I think I might be able to sit where Dave Schneider sits mm-hmm. at the odd on the PA. But what are you going to MC? What do you have to MC now? Skating <laughs> number exactly. thirteen. I have no idea. I'm going to uh, sit there. What? You, I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. Please do, because I'll be punchy as it is. Because I'm sure some of our listeners haven't skated with the Rangers, so I don't know what the heck it is either. I've never fans done this out there skating. I've never done this before. I'm going to chirp mostly the players, but yeah. if I see a really bad skater out there. Totally getting chirped. Um, that sounds like it would be something that a lot of season ticket holders would go to, which are avid callers to your show, your show the post game show. <laughs> so maybe you could just run a post game show. I, I could from I, the press box or I'll from s- the from the uh, Dave Schneider seat. I'll send the bill to uh, Rogers Radio because you know how much they like love those yeah. the bills. Yeah. All I know is it also sounds like something that the the newly elected mayor of Kitchener might show up to Barry Verbanovic, or maybe even Chief Larkin. If Chief Larkin is there. Do not chirp whatever he is doing. He's a large human and a very nice man. Leave him alone. Well, he cheers for a lousy NHL team, though. Who's his team? He's a Habs fan. Is he? Yes, he is. Did not know that. He is. You know, since you bring it up, and because we've spent so much time talking about it over the last three weeks, because we had three straight weeks of three games in three days. Three, three, and threes. And it got costly, too, eh? The Kitchener Rangers, by the end of it all, so long Connor Hall... So long, Kyle Gentles. So long, Nick McHugh, at least for the foreseeable future, and a banged-up Alex Lipinoff. Yeah, and three wins. In all of those nine games? One win each weekend. Wow. After the first weekend, they had the two overtime losses. Right. So everyone was like, oh, four out of six points. Nope. One win each weekend. That's right, because the next weekend was the weekend in Flint, sandwiched between losses in... Sault Ste. Marie and Saginaw, despite the good effort in the back end of that 3-3, three and three, mm-hmm. it was a 2-1 finish. Good game. That was a good hockey game at the Dow. And then, yeah, the most recent weekend saw them play a tremendous game to open the weekend, 5 nothing over Guelph Storm, mm-hmm. and then losses in London and back in Guelph. We were talking Ooh. after that Friday about it being the best game of the year for them. Everyone was. Jay mentioned it on Sunday. Ten games in, that yeah, was their best game. That was game. their best game. All right. And then, no. So, I took a look at three and threes because we talked about it with Jay at the end of that game versus Guelph at the tail end of all three 
three and threes. And you and I had talked about it in our pregame show too. By the way, if you're not already and you're in another market and you want to check it out, right? 570 News goes to air half an hour before puck drop every single game with pregame coverage. So you get a little bit of insight into the game that's coming up, some OHL stuff. We're on the Radio Player Canada app. We're on that web thing, the internet, the cyberspace place, 570news.com, if you want. The Harris Law pregame show, available every Rangers game. Follow along and let us know what you want us to talk about on the pregame show, or maybe on this podcast. You can use the hashtag FNP on Twitter, at Farwell underscore OHL, and at underscore Chris Pope. Shout out to our buddy Gord Harris of Harris Law. Just celebrated a birthday. He's Happy a, birthday. He's a beauty. boy, Gordo. Anyway, so I took a look. At the three and threes, because as we talked about, and then after the game with Jay, they're not ideal. And, and we kind of get it. In fact, it was Mike Stubbs in London who made the point, because we were in the midst of our three and three there, and he was kind of kvetching about the three and threes that they'd have to do this year. And the reality of it is, unless you're in London or Kitchener, as Stubbsy put it, a three and three doesn't work that well because not many fans will come out on a Tuesday night unless you're in a premier market or you get a premier matchup. So for the most part, you're that weekend league, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's what that's how it works. Yeah, it's tough. And kids are in school, right? The league doesn't want to take them out of school. And normally these guys aren't going to go to school on a game day. So I understand why they have to do it in certain ways, but I, f- I feel like there's got to be ways that you don't have to do it. I would like to think so because I just think... The injuries that the Rangers sustained, notwithstanding, it's just not ideal. You're not. You're certainly not yeah. getting the best hockey. No. In the third game of those three and threes. So now that the Rangers have played three in a row, you want to take a wild stab in the dark as to how many more they have this season. So how many in total they'll play? They have. I want to say one, but I'm thinking it's two. Two more. One more. One more. Shoot. One more January. comes up in January. Yeah. yeah. So the Rangers play four three in threes all season long, and they've used three of them. They all in a in- row. That's ludicrous. It is kind of ludicrous. There should be a rule. If you have a three and three, you don't have a three and three the next week. Preach. Preach. A one gamer next week, not nine in three weeks. You want to guess who plays the most three in threes this season by my rudimentary look at the schedule? Sudbury. No. North Bay. Sudbury comes in. Sudbury's pretty low. They've got three three and threes. So does North Bay. Rangers, as we just mentioned, had four. The most in the league. Ottawa. Ottawa, six. Not the most. Flint. Flint, two. Makes Not sense. the least. Not the least. I know. Mm. You want to just keep going? Yeah, I do. I, I, okay, I, there's okay. other people out there saying like, say Oshawa, say London. Um, Eastern Conference team. Yeah, Eastern Conference. <sighs> the most three Oh, Hamilton. No, it's not the hammer. The hammer rings in with five three and threes this year. Okay, so I got a couple high ones there in six and five. Yeah, you did. Uh, I doubt it's Mississauga, so I'm not going to say them. I'm going to knock off the ones that I don't want. Okay. Have I said North Bay? I said you North ha- Bay. You said North Bay. You said Ottawa. Uh, Kingston. Kingston. Nine. That's number one. Three, and they also play three in a row. That is number one. Nice. Yeah. Smartest guy alive. See, told you I get it. Mississauga. <laughs> Tenth guess. Get this. Mississauga. Seven. And four of them are in a row. Come on. They play 12 games in four weeks in three and three style. How about that, eh? That's ludicrous. It's crazy. You're a Toronto-based team. You can Travel's not difficult for them. Okay. So then, get this. We already talked about Flint with two. Not the least. 
Who plays the fewest three in threes this season? Saginaw. So close, my friend. <sighs> Two. And I'd like to talk to whoever, because I do believe the teams have some input over their schedule. Pretty smart scheduling. The Saginaw Spirit play their two three and threes leading into Playoff. and coming out of oh. Christmas. Mm, smart. Not bad, eh? So you bring the yeah. Ontario kids or the Canadian kids back home just before Christmas, dish them off, they finish in Windsor, come back from Christmas, start in Ontario for three games. Yeah, that is smart. There you go. So who's got the least? Who's got the least? Yeah. You're not going to believe it when I tell you. Erie. Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. Wow. How can you be a team that travels the most yet has the fewest three in threes? They have none. Not one. I checked it twice. I did the math two times. No three in threes for the first place Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. How do you like that? Is that because by the end of the year there's not going to be any veterans left on their team and they're just going to be rookies? Come on. What do you got to say that for? What do you got to be like that? Yeah. Uh, really, not one. Not a single three in three. I wonder if there's any justification to that. How does one team have nine and another have none? Like, there's got to be a league-wide rule, that doesn't there, that you get, like... How does a team have nine? Let's just begin there. That's 27 of your games. Like, that's almost half Kingst- the schedule. Kingston. Kingston. Nine. Crazy. Who's got second most? Can you just give us just give us the big ones? Yeah, nine for Kingston, seven then for Mississauga, including four of them in a row. Uh, London, Ottawa, Sarnia, all play six, hmm. and then you've got Sioux with none, uh, Flint with two, Sudbury with three, North Bay with three. So those are your extremes, and then everybody else is kind of in that mushy middle of four or five. So three of the most northern teams have the fewest three and threes, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Sudbury, North Bay, Sioux St. Yeah. Go figure. And SAG has two. Yeah. There you go. Or maybe they used one of that those days because of travel. Maybe that's why. It could be. It absolutely could be. Their three and threes would have to be Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon, right? If you're going to do it, so they have to get home. Yeah, and I would, I would assume they'd have yeah. to be on the road somewhere. Yeah, you're yeah. right. So good point. Anyway, if you were as curious about three and threes as I know I was after playing, well... I say it that way, but we worked. We worked a lot. We don't Man, get a day off till the 28th. I was gassed at the end of the first three and three, let alone after the third three and three. You were mostly gassed at the end of the second one. When we, I remember that, the road trip. Even as we set up our equipment to get the game started in Saginaw, you're like, dude, I just let's make this game finish. Let's, yeah. let's, let's make it done. Yeah, in yeah. and out. There you go. And I'm sure, well, throughout the whole game, all both of us were like. Get us on that bus. Like, let's get over the border. It's a lot of... So I can imagine what the players were like. I, I think I give the Rangers the utmost credit, even after that that, that effort they gave Sagan on that Sunday. Because Absolutely. Trust me, I didn't have that much effort on that Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I will be honest. Luckily, there's not a lot <laughs> to this whole radio gig where you, you sit, you watch hockey, and you talk. And I got a free meal out of it. I think it was also because the coffee there sucked. So... I uh, didn't get my regular three cups in before the game, so maybe that's also why I was feeling it. But I'm glad that the three and threes are over until at least January. And the most recent one we had featured very little travel. Home on a Friday night, London on a Saturday afternoon, and then Guelph on the Sunday afternoon. But you told us on the pregame show from London on (gasps) Saturday, which actually turned out to be the game of the week on Sportsnet, their Mm -hmm. first, their CHL Saturday showcase. Good to see Sam Cos and our boy R.J. Broadhead, along with yep. Falzi doing ice-level stuff. But uh, you said in our pregame show on 570 News that Saturday that you have one of the weirdest stories about your journey 
from, I guess, ice level or media room to the press box that you would share on the podcast. So, yeah. my friend, the floor is yours. Okay, I'm going to preface this story by saying it may be TMI. And I assume mostly young people listen to podcasts. I could be wrong there. TMI, too much information. But just bear with me. All right. We're in the media room. I go over to the London side. I do my interview with Matt Vaguskov. Great little conversation with him. I come back. I have my meal. I grab my coffee and my water. I'm looking at my notes. I'm like, you know what? I'm going upstairs. On my way upstairs, I'm like, I'm going to go to the washroom before I go to the booth. Do we have to devolve into this level of podcast yes. in like our fifth or sixth episode of this season? <laughs> I think we do because oh, this gosh. is where this is where it happened. Okay. So I set my bag outside. I set my coffee down. I go into the bathroom. And as I walk in, I almost, I almost start laughing. There's a gentleman in there, paper towel out next to the sink. And in the sink is a basket of strawberries. And he is cutting strawberries. What? <laughs> Washing and cutting strawberries. In the sink at Budweiser Gardens. <laughs> In the men's washroom. And I'm like, you know, a, a men's washroom smells decent on a good day, let alone in a hockey arena. And here's this gentleman washing strawberries, cutting them, and then setting them on this paper towel on the, on the, the counter next to the sink. And I couldn't help but just think, my brain immediately went back to everything I've seen in a hockey arena. And I thought, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen in a hockey arena. It absolutely is. I mean, mm-hmm. I know the arena is right across the street from the market, yeah. but what possesses one? I'm assuming then that's where the strawberries originated. What possesses one? I think I saw a Sobe sticker. Shout out Sobeys. So he buys the strawberries and then goes to the hockey game? He was working and wanted a healthy snack is what I put together later when I saw the same guy eat the strawberries outside of the bathroom and i just thought to myself once again i'm like this this has to be on the podcast those strawberries (laughs) would never make it near my lips much less my hands i'm sorry right not the place to wash and cut your strawberries but where else do you do it i got thinking about that i'm like where else do you do it if you're if you're if you're traveling if you're traveling then why are you bringing strawberries? Mm, that's that's the next. You question. have to make decisions. I like feel this. like I would just sacrifice at that point and be like, you know what? I might wash them in there, like just take them in, wash them under the sink, boom, gone. Or even to go one of, to one of the canteens, right, like where they sell popcorn and stuff. Be like, hey, can I borrow your tap in there? I don't know. It was, it was one of the weirdest things I have ever seen. Since that's my weird story. You said you have a press box story. I do, and I'm going to get to it in half a second. Nowhere okay. near as strange. But since you brought up. And I could envision you in that media room. By the way, shout out to the nice fresh paint job in the media room at London. But we last week talked about the best media room meals in the Ontario Hockey League. And we kind of in differing orders went with Sault Ste. Marie, Saginaw, Windsor, Kitchener, everybody else. And then you threw in Mississauga Mm -hmm. after everybody else. I would like to modify very briefly my uh, selections if I can. Sure. It goes Sault Ste. Marie... Saginaw, Kitchener-Windsor, everybody else, and London. Because London is absolutely, positively the worst. They might have stepped up their game this past week because mind it. CHL was there. Mm. Uh, but Because they had a couple of trays of pasta. But usually, and Josh Brown, who writes 
for the Rangers for the Waterloo Region record, joked with me on Friday night when I was leaving the odd. He said, I won't be making the trip on Saturday, so you can have my crackers and cheese in the newsroom or in the media room. I wish there was crackers and cheese. But that's what there usually is. You're lucky sometimes to get a slice of pizza. Sometimes, often, there's crackers and cheese and, and carrot sticks. And then there's the whole what I call bobbing for water bottles, mm-hmm. which is this, they put like 12 bottles of water in a big tub of ice water. And if you get there early enough and you're lucky enough to get a bottle of water, lucky for you. Also, if you don't get hypothermia when you plunge your arm into the tub of ice to get your bottle of water. It's the dumbest thing. And it, it's just, they're cheaping out. The London's cheaping out. I'm with you. You expect better things. But I think there you're also spoiled because you're going in with expectations Maybe. of it being, you know, the best arena in the league, the best team in recent history in the league. And I think you're expecting something else. But I, I mean, three different kinds of pasta, one with some sausage and some uh, tomato sauce, and then another with some chicken, mushroom, and some Alfredo, and then a veggie. I didn't go near the veggie, but the other two weren't bad. Although, like I said, I want my health option. I didn't want to eat the pasta, but here we are. Fantastic arena. Let's make no, no mistake sure. about that. Cold. They, cold as charity, as Don Cameron would say. Yeah, it's beautiful broadcast location, all mm-hmm. the little elements that you need to make sure it happens, etc. My press box story about London goes back to my first trip there with none other than Mr. Don Cameron. And at the time, I had a buddy working in radio in London. He's a former boss of mine. Shout out to Jonesy, now working in ah, Swing and Wingham. Yep. Love David Jones. Good guy. Not the guy from the Monkees. The real David Jones. Right. Anyway, so he's working in London at the time. We used to work together in Kitch. And I said, hey, we're coming down for a game. Why don't I come early? Grab a bite to eat. Whatever. So I go without the team. And I meet Don and the team mm-hmm. at the rink. So now that you know, and it was probably just me, I've never seen anybody have a hard time finding the press box at Budweiser Gardens. But that first trip, I did. So I had assured, this is my first trip to London with Dawn. First season I'm working with them. The last thing I want to do is be a screw-up. So I assure him, don't worry, even though I'm not going to be on the bus, I'm going to be there in plenty of time, blah, 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 blah. Well, I get to the rink in plenty of time. But do you think I can find the press box? The way it's set up, again, once you know it's there, it's so painfully obvious. But yeah. it kind of, doesn't it? Please tell it me it just blends in. in. It blends in. Thank the you. entrance to the press box blends in. To the concourse, right? Yes. So I must have walked past this thing three or four times. I'm down on other levels. I'm around the other side of the rink. I can't find this. And now it's getting close to broadcast time, and I'm losing my ever-loving mind. Anyway, I eventually found my way there, embarrassed as all get out, later than I've ever been for anything ever, and there's Don. He set up all the equipment. He's five minutes to air without his jerk partner. And I'm like, hi, Don. I I couldn't find the press box. That happened. That probably didn't stress you out at all, eh? Me? Something like that would never get on you. Like, you would not be freaking out. Not even a little bit. No. 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 I was on the second floor, (laughs) back in where the servers were getting ready to serve the sweets. And I'm like, where's, please tell me where the press box is, please. I, I need to get, well, that's up on the third floor. I said, I've been on the third floor. It's not yeah. there. Oh, my gosh. I, was, on a scale from one to ten, one being not at all, ten being when I forgot my passport last year and couldn't make the trip to Saginaw. How angry were you that you couldn't find the press box? You know, I think I was angrier that I couldn't find the press box than I was 
with you not having your passport. Oh, poor Don. <laughs> well, what, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Good point. You couldn't find your passport. I'm just like, well, whatever. Yeah, that's what you know, We're used to this at this point. We yeah. were midway through the season or something. By my now. life's a mess. This but I know. How's yeah. your water bottle that I just brought in for you tonight after you left it in my car on Sunday? Oh, I realize there's something floating in the bottom after I, I took a drink, and I don't know what it is, but here we are. I swear I didn't touch it. Um, speaking of things are being a mess, Flint. Oh, my God. Still looking for their first win. They have three and three this weekend. Okay. At Sarnia versus Sarnia and versus Niagara. You know what? Sarnia after a 3-0 and start to the season, has come plummeting back to the earth. 1-6-1 and since the 3-0 and start. Maybe. I'm just... I'm Flint, I'm giving you some hope here. 0-11 are the Firebirds. I'm as curious. Okay, so do you think they pick up a win this weekend? No. I'm going to give them one. Home and home, are you going to lose them both? Which one? Yeah. Yeah, they are. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Which uh, which which one? Uh, I'll give them. You know what? At Sarnia Friday. Yeah. At home versus Sarnia Saturday, and then oh sorry, and then at home to Niagara. They're at home to Niagara. Not that. that matters. No, it doesn't. Because you know when you're zero and eleven, that means you're winless at home and on the road. Yeah. It reminds me of that famous Harry Neal quote when he was coaching the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Harry Neal, if you don't remember him from the old Hockey Night in Canada days, he said, uh, "Our team couldn't win at home, and our team couldn't win on the road." My failure as a coach is I couldn't find anywhere else for us to play. <laughs> uh, I'm, you know what? That's cool. I'm going to give the Firebirds the victory in Sarnia Friday night. Mark it down. Really? Yeah, so they will be 1-11 and 11 heading into back-to-back home games. What do you think? No. Okay. I think if they do get one, it's, uh, it's on home ice. What do you think instead? Because I was thinking about the poor, poor Flint Firebirds uh, this weekend as well, or this week. What do you think the chances are the Flint Firebirds establish a new record for OHL futility? I don't think so. You don't think? No. They're on pace right now, Popper. Yeah, they're no, on well, pace obviously. right now. They haven't won anything. But, right. <laughs> so if they get their first win this weekend, yeah. if they're on pace for about five, maybe six wins, that's not far off. Because you, you oh, know what I'm talking I, about. I, just the worst record at the end of the season. I thought you meant like the record of most losses in a row. Um Oof, I will remind you that that's, it was... That's pretty... Like, I almost want to say yeah, because we talked about it before. I don't I don't see how they can trade Ty DeLandria, but I also don't see how they can't. And if they're going to get rid of DeLandria too, I don't know, man. Although, that young goalie we saw in Flint, I thought played really well and could probably steal him a couple, but I, I my answer is yes. They could set a new record for futility. Yeah. You have to go back to the 66-game season in the mid-1990s, 1995-96, and it was the 3-60-3 and three before OTLs and SOLs on your four-column score sheet. 3-60-3 and three were the 95-96 London Knights. London Knights. Now, of course, the London Knights also have established the benchmark for best seasons in OHL history. 04, 05, of course, they won just, you know, 59 games going 59, 7, and 2. I didn't, I, for, I forgot that they were that bad. They were that bad. That's I'm going to say no. Ice Flint, Flint wins more than three games this year. Are you sure? Yeah. Because they're 0 and 11. I know. So? Well, if they get one this weekend. But they still win more than three. 100%. If they, if they come out of this weekend 1 and 13. Man, oh man. 
It's pretty... Un- oh, okay, I, I'll ask you. Over, under. 10 wins this year. Not a chance. It's so under. No, if, I'm sorry, Flint. I mean, wow. I know it feels like we're pounding on you. There's not a chance this team gets 10. Really? No way. You don't think there's a chance? Not a chance. Because in order to do that at yep. this point, you're going to have to start stringing together back-to-back wins at some point. This, this team's just not going to do it. Man, if you remember, like, 10 wins is not a lot. No, if you remember how be- bad Sudbury was last year... They had 17. Guelph, in their worst year, in recent memory, in 15-16, had 13. The Flint Firebirds don't get 10 wins this year. Sorry, Flint. Usual bet on it? Sure. Box of beer? Yep. Okay. You So, okay, hang on. Now, wait a minute. Let's so leave it up to the, the F and the, the Farwell and Popesons. Good idea. Ask F&P <laughs> on Twitter. Tell yeah. us if you think the Flint Firebirds will over under 10 wins well, this season. Let's do let's do nine and a half over under, right? Of course. Yeah. Yep. Nine yep. and a half. Okay. Do they get over or under nine and a half wins this season? So they're either winning ten or nine or less. Whew. I'm telling you, I'm sorry, Flint. So you're saying that they'll finish last in the standings? Uh yes, I am. And you know what bothers me? Standings. Why? We're 10, 11, 12, 13 games into the season. I'll give you this. I'm Stop with you. Stop it. So early, right? I'm reading stuff online about people saying they should make a move now. They're in seventh. Shut up. I'm sorry, but we're not even a quarter of the way through the season right now. There's seven points in the East separating second from eighth. You look at the West. It's so t- Everything is so tight right now because we're only 14 games into the regular season. You know Take a breath. You know what's funny? I hate to break it to you. You just said seven points in the East separating second from eighth? Second and ninth. Second and ninth. Yes. Okay. Right? Yeah. Like in the West, it's six points separating second and ninth. Like, and there's games in hand. Like in that, in that East, if you look, Mississauga with 17 points. And you look down, like they are, even Ottawa with 14 games played. There's teams with still 11. Add another six points to them. They're your ninth place or your eighth place team is two points out of first. Breathe. Breathe. I'm we s- all know teams don't make massive decisions until Christmas anyway. I am so with you. And that's such a great point. And you know what I blame? I blame things like this podcast and the whole 24-hour news cycle. What else are we going to talk about, Popper? I, well, then talk about how the team is playing. Fair enough. They're still trying to figure out their systems right now. They're still trying to figure out what they have. Rookies are still trying to figure out when's this, how long is this season? It's it's such a learning curve throughout the whole year in this league. Everybody just relax and enjoy the game. You all, we all, we all don't need to be these giant prognosticators who think, well, let me tell you who's going to finish. Who cares where your team is in the standings right now? Are players having a good season or not? I also think me and you and I, I, th- I feel. We and, have to be prognosticators. Yes. It's expected of us. Uh, it, it is. So people for can sure. make fun of us. Of course, for our stupid opinions. And maybe this is one of them. But I also feel like when you come off a season like we did, where you're one of the final four teams, I noticed I came into that first game and I'm like, I'm ready. That I'm, I'm firing on all cylinders. And you're like, like, we were trying to do all our prep. And I got like my different colored pens out. I got my highlighters out. I'm looking up backstories. I'm like, it's game one. Take a breath. There's not many stats to look at right now. <laughs> and enjoy the process. You have pointed out more than once during our broadcasts 
that you will not hear about anything until we've played a quarter of the season. 17 games. That's your benchmark. That's my benchmark. And then it will start to judge. The first quarter, I'll judge when you're 0-11. I'll judge you then. Otherwise, see you at 17 games. Were you judging the Peterborough Peets at 8-2? and two? No. Okay, because that's good, because they've lost four in a row. They're 8-6. and six. Everything in this league has a way of working out. Ottawa cruising up those standings. You made the point earlier in this podcast. There was, I think, reason to be excited in Kitchener with the start this team got off to. The Rangers going 3-0 and out of the gates. Then they pick up points in their next three games, uh, you know, two overtime losses, etc., and all of a sudden, as you point out, only one victory in each of the weekends, overtime losses notwithstanding. So three wins over the last nine games in regulation. And and you see the Kitchener Rangers kind of falling back to the middle of that Western Conference. And it's I don't even want to okay. say the middle. I forget I said it. But what they, what they are falling back to and what they have, I read one that says, oh, they might fall back. Look at their... Look at, the other teams around them. Very similar records. There's a lot of teams in the Western Conference that have very similar records thus far. That What that tells you, it doesn't tell you, oh, Kitchener needs to make a move. We have people asking us in the media room, who do you think, who do you think they're going to trade for? Like, what? Relax. Make a relax. See you after the Christmas break. Then we'll talk about moves and stuff. But what it shows you is that they're average to me so far. We saw something this past weekend, and I think it's a great point. Like, we can just lay off standings until oh. 17 games or beyond. Sometime between 17 and 34, we'll, we'll really start looking at things. Let, let us know, though, if you disagree. At Farwell underscore OHL, at underscore Chris Pope. Hashtag ask F for Farwell, N, small N, and P for Pope. And uh, we can follow along and ask, ask questions there or tweet us anything you want with regards to these opinions that we are forced to share. We are contractually obligated to share them. I want to have this conversation with you because it's something we witnessed uh, this past weekend in Guelph. And and last weekend, or last week on the podcast, we were talking about the 15-game suspension uh, to Cameron Huff and Kingston for that hit from behind and cross-check, the additional cross-check versus Erie. And we debated the merits of the 15 games on the suspension. But what we saw this weekend was a pretty nasty hit from behind by Nate Schnarr. And before, I mean, come at me if you want to. I'm not trying to make this a, you know, Nate Schnarr versus the Kitchener Rangers. And because I'm just telling, that's the team we see 68 times. This is this is what happened in one of the games. And it was quite frankly, a dirty hit from behind that left a player, Greg Morellis, bloodied, skates off the ice, gets some medical attention, fortunately came back. Referees said they didn't see it. Things happen. You miss things. My thing is that the hit actually happened. And I'm going to go back to, and I know I've talked about it before, but those little stop signs that are on the backs of jerseys in minor hockey, for how long now? Because this is exactly the kind of hit we're trying to take out of the game. So is it a pipe dream that it disappears entirely? Because clearly some players are still willing to hit other players on the ice like that. The game is moving so fast now. You have to make that split decision. And... I'll be honest with you. I didn't get a full look at the play. I saw the last second. As the puck went up the wall, I turned my head and was watching something else. And just at the last second, I looked over and saw the finish of the hit. And what I saw, it looked bad. So I don't want to comment on how dirty it was because I didn't see how much time Nate Schnarr had to make that decision. What I will say is, as a referee, that's your job to see that hit. The puck was moving up the wall to where Greg Morellis was hit. 
the excuse of we didn't see it, not good enough. There's two referees. One ref, pretty simple. One ref watches the puck. The other watches behind the play. I don't know how two people on that ice, whose job it is to see that, miss that. If you if just say to I, I love it when people say, you know what? You, you hear umpires, you hear referees in sports all over. I love it when they're just like, you know what? I, I know I made a mistake. That's on me. But the I missed it? That's bad. You know, something I've been seeing with increasing regularity in the Ontario Hockey League that I'm actually not that comfortable with is players laying up almost, backing off, afraid to really go for that big hit or even really engage with another player in a corner, on the end boards, whatever the case may be. And I'm really, I'm I'm not all that comfortable with that. I don't want this to be a no-hit league. It's so close to that, though. That's what I mean. So, But I'm trying to decide what is the lesser of two evils. Is a no-hit league the lesser of two evils compared to the league where you see what Nate Schnarr did to Greg Morellis and, and, or what Cameron Huff did versus Erie. I honestly think I would rather, I know it sounds weird, and it's not the hockey I love, but I would rather see the no-hit league because then at least it's a game we can still see played by the players who are have earned the place to play it, right? Because they're going to stay healthier. That, so as much as it pains me, because, I mean, we could point it out probably six times this coming weekend when we watch the games, right? Yeah. Oh, that guy let off. You could tell. Six, time, six times a shift, okay. maybe. Right? For sure. And I'm sure, you know, these old school coaches like George Burnett in Guelph and Jay McKee, who played 14 years in the NHL, these guys are going to have something to say mm-hmm. about that, about the way the game used to be. I'm sure it pains them as much as it pains us. But... What pains you more? What What if? What if Greg Morales didn't just need a few stitches and come back onto the ice? Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, listen, I'm with you. I'm, I'm normally the guy walking into this argument dragging my knuckles. And I got no problem admitting that. I, I think hitting has a place in hockey. I think that the game is far too soft right now. But with the speed that the game is played now compared to back when I played and when years ago, it's so different. The open ice hit now leaves a player on the shelf for two months because he can't hear two conversations in a room at the same time, let alone, you know, an open ice hit before. You were like, nice hit. The open ice hit is almost gone now. Like, you see maybe, we, I bet you, of course, of 68 games, we might see two or three nice ones, like big ones. It's it's far too fast that the, the body contact in that area is virtually gone out of the game. That hitting from behind that we saw and that the hitting from behind in general has been in the game for a while, but it has no place in the game. I don't think you're ever going to get get it out because you still have to finish that check. You just have to do it responsibly. And there he didn't have enough time from what I, from what I saw, and it was unfortunate that Greg was in the position that he was. But I'm with you. I, it's Yeah. As a Leafs fan, I've been in, I've been really enjoying the up-tempo style of hockey that this year's edition of the Maple Leafs plays. And I'm trying to remember, Popper, uh, where we were having the conversation. I think it might have been on the road a couple of weeks ago. But anyway, and it was with some of the coaches about hitting in the National Hockey League, which is virtually non-existent because the game is so fast. And so I think about the perspective of that. And granted, it's much different watching on TV. I'll, I'll remind you of that. But... 
you look at the game, and I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying the way it's being played by the Pittsburghs and the Edmontons and the Torontos of the world and the Winnipegs these days. I really am. So, I, again, I'm going to go back to, given the choice between the no-hit league and the dirty-hit league, mm, I don't know. I'm, I'm enjoying the game at the highest level right now, and it doesn't seem like you even have time to go for that body check because if you go for it and the person that you're about to hit sees it, they're quick enough and shifty enough to avoid it, and then all of a sudden there's an odd man rush. I know, I know what you're. I know what you're saying. I just think you're never going to get rid of that dirty hit because that's going to happen. It's been happening mm-hmm. since there was major hits and the game was slow, and it's happening now that the game is fast. It's just it's going to be there, and I I think at the risk of taking hitting out, you just accept it that you know what you're you're. It's a fast game. You're in tight quarters, and body contact is allowed. So every once in a while, yeah, you're going to see a hit that isn't perfect. That's my. That's what I think. That's a good point. Was this podcast perfect so far? It's not bad. Okay. I mean, perfect. Is, is anything really perfect? Practice makes improvement. I was being that. completely sarcastic. Of course you were. <laughs> but if you think it is perfect or less than, at underscore Chris Pope, at Farwell underscore OHL, or hashtag AskFNP. Uh, can I have a bonus rant on this podcast that oh, covers right. you, yeah. the Ontario Hockey League? Yeah. You wanted to uh, let loose on something. Well, I, I kind of let loose on the standing, so coming down in three, <laughs> two... Here's the thing, and it's got nothing to do with the Ontario Hockey League or hockey at all, okay? Here's the thing. Baseball has got to figure its crap out. If And I love baseball. I love almost everything about baseball. If you were to ask me in July while I'm sitting at the Rogers Center, roof open, cold beer in my hands... What's your favorite sport? I might just be inclined to say this game I'm watching right now. I love the game. You know what I hate? Yep. I hate watching the game when the fans are there in their toques and their parkas and the players are out there with their balaclavas and their scarves and their long sleeves and their gloves. Enough with the baseball at this time of year. We just this week celebrated 25 years of Joe Carter's historic World Series winning home run for the Toronto Blue Jays. That was in game six versus the Philadelphia Phillies. They've just finished game two right now in the World Series, and it's the end of October. If it goes six, we may very well be into November. I haven't looked ahead at the schedule. Bottom line is this. Baseball, figure out your crap. I want. Here's what I want. Here's, here's my list of demands. Like the three stars in hockey, okay, two to the winner, one to the loser. My list of demands are pretty simple. Play the damn World Series at a neutral site or under a roof. End of story. The game, You don't even play the damn game in the rain, okay? Don't play it in the snow. Stop it. It's a warm weather game. I want to see the players playing in optimum conditions so we get the best plays from those players through the World Series. Enough of this garbage. 162 is too many anyway. Cut back the schedule 20 and away you go. Don't there play you go. it in a neutral spot that's dumb. Well, it's not dumb. Yes, it is. You could, I'll, I'll give you a schedule. It's no, not it's dumb. Why? Really? Because yeah. it, it's, it's really hurting the NFL, eh? That, that Super Bowl, boy, what a dud. No. Okay. Th- so that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a whole thing, though. Like the Super Bowl, they, they bring, it's a, it's a week-long thing. I like the world, it's one game. You're not going to play a World Series of one game. So play it on a neutral site. Play every ding-dang day or three day off. Three. You can do it. This can be oh, done. great. Let's do more three and threes. Baseball can do it. <laughs> they do it all year long. Cut do back it. 20 games. 
you're fine. Yeah, but this is the problem, right? It's all about the At, TV revenue. Listen, well, and hockey players too, play too much hockey, and baseball has played too much baseball. Yeah, okay. And we do too much radio, but here we are. Wait a minute. You, you're suggesting we cut back our hours? Listen, if I got to tune on to 570 News one more time when we're not on air and hear your voice, Dude. eight hours during the day, replays the the Rangers show... And then an hour-long coffee chat with Mike Farwell now, at midnight. Now you're, now you're just being mean. <laughs> now you're just being mean to me. I'm kidding. You, right. You've carved out a great career. I had, to, uh, I had to get that off my chest. Baseball, okay. figure your crap out. This is stupid. You know what I'm more angry about? What? The fact that we had perhaps, and there's a really good argument for it, the greatest pitching matchup in World Series history on paper before Game 1, and it was a dud. It was a dud. These are the things that get you that angry? Kershaw sale. I was sitting down. I had a couple pops. I had my munchies. I told friends, do not message me. Leave me alone. Chris time. You know why? And it was fun, but it was a dud. You know why it was a dud? Because it was in the middle of October. Too cold. Too cold. Play all the games in LA then. Yeah. Bet you it would have been better. Okay. All right. I just had to get that off my chest. Thanks for that. You're welcome. I'm Farwell. I'm Pope. And that is the Farwell and Pope podcast. This has been the Farwell and Pope podcast, posted weekly. If you have questions, topics, or a story you would like to be covered, simply email mike at 570news.com. The Farwell and Pope podcast originates from the 570 News studio in Kitchener. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.